0: Hi, my name is Alejandro Pérez Pérez and this is the AI Coffee Podcast. Every week we will have one episode regarding one disruptive aspect of technologies for the time to drink a cup of coffee. Today, we have the honor of having Isabel Martínez Rivas, who is a really clever person and a really insightful political advisor. And she will bring us a lot of knowledge about how data and AI affects the political world. So, first of all, to present her, she has two bachelor's degrees, one in law and one in political science in Universidad Autónoma in Madrid. Then she has also two master's degrees, one in Image Advice and Political Consulting and Communication in the International Center of Government and Political Marketing, and the other one in Digital Marketing and E-Commerce in the EAI Business School. Also, she has a lot of experience regarding marketing, communication, and political advisory. One of the most important was the last one. She was working with UGT. This is one of the main labor unions in Spain. And she also leads some debating championships. And also, she's starting a freelance project called Go Managing Partner. So, Isabel, welcome to the Ecofi podcast. You have such an amazing CV. You have two bachelor's degrees, two master's degrees, and you have a lot of knowledge about how political work works and how it works with data. You're also really passionate with it. But just before to start, because this is a podcast regarding technology, regarding data, regarding AI, and maybe many people listening to this are wondering, why are you here? So can you say why it is important for you as a political advisor to manage data and to know about how this affects our world?
1: So first of all, I would like to thank you for the invitation to be here with you talking about technology, IA in this case, and how it impacts politics, because I think it is important. And maybe people, the the listeners that you have on your podcast uh, will know better and maybe new things about this film, right? On your question about how data is important to me as a political advisor, it is really important, not only as an individual, how it impacts IA and data and technology, but most important on how, as a professional, as a political advisor, I work depending on the tool that I'm using, right? So, talking about this and the IA and the new technologies uh, to sum up, and then we can go deep further. IA has become a political super weapon right now. And the data and the machine learning, because if the the goal of a political party is to run a government, that means that you need people to vote for you, right? And that means that you have to target people and to persuade people and to make people to love you, the candidate of the political party or both better. Uh, So then you can have all the support of the citizens and then you can not only win the election, but most important, run the government. So the modern era right now is ruled by the new technologies and how we use the data, how we profile the users on social network and social media. Because if we want to know how the people has its behaviors, depending on the political issues, depending on uh, what's going on on the country or on the world, worldwide we have to know how to react to things right and how they interact with other users or other citizens in this case on the digital space and then we can target them and we can send them our message that we think they are going to like and then they are going to interact and engage and they can also be another tool for us to keep spreading the message and, and keep going on so people can be more persuaded to vote um, the candidate that we are working for right it is important because this is like the big picture how consultants for the parties are working and also because depending on the country for example you you need to fundraise money in Spain it is not the case but for example in the U.S. in order to run a campaign you need money right so you can profile a uh, potential people to give you money or for example we've seen this in spain it is not the same case but for example the political party podemos they did a, f- a crowdfunding maybe if they had more data they could have raised more money for example at the beginning of the project when they created podemos in this case right so yeah it is super important because then every election has a cycle and then the data are going to tell us what people need and what people are claiming for politicians and the issues they want to hear about and the solutions they need in order to vote for you or not
0: yeah that's true that for me it has a lot of sense to connect data ai and all of this technical world to some specific domains as yours It's actually in this intersection of of different fields with innovation is created. So I think that there are a lot of innovation during these years in this specific field of campaigning with data. And actually, I remember that I read a book that you might have heard about or even read that it's the Victory Lab. The Secret Science of Winning Campaigns. And it's about Obama's presidential election victory in 2012. And how data was important for winning this election. So do you think that elections nowadays are really based on data science? Or, I mean, you talk that it's really important, but how much? Or is much more important now than that in the past? Or even it's because that we have more data available now that it's becoming more and more important? What do you think
1: about that? So the push that we seen in my field and running campaigns with technology was before this 2012 uh, elections for Obama. Specifically, Obama, to me, is the best example because he won an election, the earlier election that he had in 2008, because of the social media and how they use it for the first time. They use Twitter and Facebook as a main tool for social listening procedure and also to spread the message through all the the Twitter network, right? And that helped Obama in order to win that, to win that election. And since that, a lot of then uh, countries and political parties in other parts of the world started to use Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and other social networks and social media, despite press is important and how the media watch you. The social media became an important tool in order to run campaigns. So it is important how this has changed everything, right? Because we're not talking only about artificial intelligence. We are talking also about the machine learning, also the big data, the chatbots that we can see, the bots that we can see on Twitter and other social media networks. Automated calls, for example, these are things that are in the artificial intelligence field technologies are transforming the political race towards this automatization of how we understand political should shape uh, citizens and should shape the potential campaigns that we are going to see, not only right now, currently, but also in the next decades. So uh, this is the thing that is going to be all the time that we are going to see it. And the data is super important because you have to know the potential voters that you have, not only your solid base voters that you will always have as a political party, But most important, the neutral voters that we call, right, those that sometimes they are going to hesitate if they are going to vote you or not depends on the economical situation. Maybe they vote to the left, but then to the right, and they are doing this turn vote depending the year and the election because of the situation, right? So data is super important because us as humans, we have not the skills to collect all the data that we need to shape just one individual interest. So, to know how one person works, you need a lot of people behind that machine, right? So, how we run campaigns or how important and successful political advisors run campaigns in the past has made like the beginning of everything with technology and technology has always been involved in that. Maybe not as we see right now with the artificial intelligence, but we saw the kind of technologies that they used five decades ago, like in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s. Of course, this whole has changed. You don't have a team of 50 men working all the time, going door to door to ask people for making pools and all these things. So right now is everything, almost everything, automatized, right? At the end, what do you need to know is the behavior of the voter and then to collect all the common things that an individual person has to make groups and then to target people, to spread your message and try to impact on that group specifically in order to change the behavior, right? Right. In this case, with a result that they are going to vote for you, right, on a campaign. So that's why data is super important. We can see on social networks, right? When we see that Twitter is free, it's because we are the product, right? As, As a person, we are the product. That's why we can access for free for Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook. So it is the same case as the private sector that they use these things in order to show you their products so you can buy it so the public sector and the political parties also use it in that way so how people is going to react to trends to the trending topic that we can see on Twitter where are the concerns that people are having right now and if that things are interest for us or for the political party that we are working for so that's why the data is super important, because in a second, we can have a lot of factors and indications that we can use it to improve the campaign, not only at the beginning, but most important during all the campaign to change that a behavior and have that vote at the end. Wow.
0: Well, it feels really amazing, everything behind, you know, because of course, we are now used to all of these graphs in the news with all of these votes with different kind of numbers regarding politics and there is a lot of things behind them and actually i wanted to know if you have for example tried python or r or something like that like a coding program somehow to try to collect this data and to organize it or even if you haven't someone around maybe
1: not me personally, because I am more specialized expertise in social media. So what I do is recollect the social media things that I can see. So I use uh, more basic companies and products to have all this data. But for example, the most important private companies that do the polls for the politicals, even though if we are not on a campaign, we have in Spain a lot of examples, such as GAT3, Sigma2, or even though the thieves the sociology institute that we have in Spain, they use all this kind of data with a lot of of the systems that you are talking about. And the engineer field, they have a lot of profile workers on the engineer field because they have to know these things, right? Because of the development of, of the technology. And also I have to say that already today, machine learning systems can predict, for example, which U.S. congressional bills are likely to pass or not on the Congress based on how uh, the behaviors of the politicians or the behaviors of the citizens or to predict which are the potential bills or which are the potential political strategies other political parties are going to do, right? Or even, for example, how to fundraise when you need money to run a campaign, This, for example, does not apply to Spain because of our law on how to run campaigns. But, for example, in countries such as in USA, which is based on how much money you have in order to access to the political field, the data is super important because you can target potential people to give you money. And we saw, for example, with Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, she has barely resources to do so, but she uses the social media and twitter or youtube or tiktok right now to spread the message so people can know her so people can support her and that's why she gained the seat on the congress on the us right so that's why this is so important because technology democratizes the public space that we have on the streets that are now are on a digital field so people can meet other people and can have access to information that before they have not access to. So that's why this is so important. And this is how technology impacts the political field, right? And how campaigns, but but, but not also in a good way, but also in a bad way, right? Because also you can apply technology with bad behavior, right? You can use it on a good faith or on a bad faith. And we saw this, for example, with Russia, how they use technology, to impact on other democracies and to try to change the system and the elections. We saw that on the UK, on the US, also on Spain, with bots, with fake news. So that's why we also are watching the creation of fake news because of the the social media and how they spread the messages with the misinformation and how people also react to that, believing or not believing too, but that also impacts to the society and how we believe that the world or the democracies should be shaped, right?
0: Yeah, that's true that you have talked a lot about the good part, but there is also, let's say, a dark side of this data and technology for uh, political campaigns, Actually, I wanted to ask you, how can we ensure that we are not manipulated? Is it possible to ensure that we are not manipulated? Or is there a way to avoid that somehow?
1: It is complicated because if we talk on public sector or if we are talking about the private sector, we are all the time being influenced by ads and commercials to have any kind of significant change of behavior to buy any kind of product makeup or a t-shirt or whatever. So we are all the time being targeted by private companies to buy the products. So we have to make sure that we know and that we are sure that, yes, I'm going to be influenced all the time by being targeted for all these companies. So also the public sector is going to do so. The most important thing is try to have a variety of resources in order then to have an opinion. Because we have to be sure that this is going to happen, that we are going to be all the time target in order to have any kind of different behavior that we have or we should or shouldn't not have.
0: Yeah, true. And also when we are talking about ethical aspects of AI in politics or in the public sector, something really important for me is transparency and accountability. So do you think that by using AI, for example, We could try to detect, for example, fraud, or we can maybe uh, try to give more accountability to the society where these political parties are. Do you think that AI can increase this sense of belonging and trust?
1: So yes, I really think that the AI also impacts positive on a transparency field, not only on private sector, but also on the public sector, which is the main concern that we always have, right? How politicians are using the money that they have through the taxes that we pay, right? So we can see this on how subsidies can be selected for which individuals, because they do have all the data, the government, have the data the economic minister right they have the data so they can make a better ways to assign that kind of subsidies or for example how to seek for the fraud right on a labor field for example when companies are trying to fraud with the contracts and not doing well so the economical minister can search for that with the workers on the public sector so It is good because the citizens can have more accountability for the public sector, which is great because this is why we pay taxes. And this is why we are voting for a political party or for someone in a specific, uh, because we believe not only in the party or in the person that is the candidate, but also in the project of country that they are uh, promising to us. Right. So, yeah, it is positive and it should be more improved and developed.
0: For me, it has a lot of sense because, for example, you know that I work in the data science field more related to business intelligence. So I'm creating dashboards with data from big organizations. For example, in this case, with a very big bank in Spain. And something we usually say to the directors, let's say, for these companies we usually say that it's important to lead an organization through data instead of, I mean, of course, expertise is really relevant in the public sector. Also, I mean, there are many things that are relevant, but data is one of the main things. If you want to govern a country, a region, a city, it's clear that you need to know how it is and how it changes. Because even from one election to the next one, everything, the demographic, the society, it has changed a lot. So it is really important to have this in mind, not only for winning. I mean, already it's quite a really important step, but also for the ones that win at the end to continue doing good things and maybe adapt and transform the society around them little by little, but with this sense of accountability, of course.
1: And that makes sense because then when you're running the government, what do you want to do is to improve the life. The, of the country of the of the people of the citizens right so you can use the data to implement a lot of policies in build how neighborhoods at shape in order to make little more the gap on economical issues or political issues or social issues so that's why i think people will expect more transparency and the artificial intelligence and the new technologies are going to have a key role on this
0: yeah that's true Also, one important point, I am not sure if you know this point because it's quite technical, but you know that AI, we say that it's sometimes biased. So it means that, for example, it could consider a white person rather than a black person for something or a man instead of a woman for another thing, because our data is biased. And usually AI is trained with the existing data. So it understands that everything is biased as well. So have you seen bias in some political pools or in some political results?
1: Bias meaning, for example, discrimination, right? How the discrimination impacts with this and how technology has the role on this. I think so. All pools are going to be biased. In some way or, or another, because most of the pools are run by the political party that is asking, despite if, if it's on the government or on the opposition, right? Because at the end of the day, are humans who are using the data and are using uh, the technology. So uh, you can bias a pool just on how you do the sentence, because it is not the same how you formulate a sentence with the same topic you're going to look for a specific result. And with that, you're going to phrase in a way or in another, right? So this is always going to be on top day (laughs) all the time. And we can see it on technology with the algorithms, right? How on TikTok, for example, or Twitter, but but mostly, for example, right now on Twitter, all the things that you're going to watch are things that uh, the algorithm thinks that you're going to like, right? So you're going to spend more time on the digital platform. And this is important. We're talking about social media, but realistically, on the real world, outside social media, how, for example, governments in other countries are trying to develop with artificial intelligence policies, for example, with the criminal law, for example, how to punish a criminal. And they have found that the algorithms and how the process of the machine learning was done was biased. So what they saw is that Black people in America were being more punished with this kind of procedure rather than cleaning the human bias that we have right now, the structural bias and discrimination that we have on countries, right? On liberal, democratic, occidental countries. So it is important because we can use it for good, for the benefit of the people and the communities. The, the algorithms, the intelligence, the machine learning, and all these things. But we have to make sure that us as humans, we have a good intention and we are doing this in good faith. And once we are going to detect that there maybe there's an error, we can make a mistake, or the machine is going to be biased with the election. He, she, it, them, it's going to do. We have to change it. Because if not, people is going to suffer and it's going to be more difficult to undo this because technologies are going to be more complex. So try to undo a whole system, a whole uh, artificial intelligence system that it's going to impact to a lot of people. So, so yeah, it's a good challenge that we are going to face and that we are facing currently.
0: Yes, that's true that there is a sense of lack of transparency sometimes with we are talking about these unsupervised models of AI. And that's true that we cannot even, at this moment, it's really difficult to open these models because sometimes people think that these kind of AI models are like a lot of different if or logical aspects that we are considering. And sometimes it's not. It's just that we're showing an algorithm, all the data that we already have, and it learns by itself. So it's really hard to predict how biased it is to open it. And actually, there are like a lot of projects that you said Uh, that are trying to give more transparency, we usually talk about black boxes. And for me, that's the main challenge that we are having in this decade, because we are using AI more and more. As you said, there are projects, for example, in Spain running at this moment to try to automatize justice, to try to automatize also, for example, health. And all of them might be biased. And actually, sometimes bias is not bad, for example, in health. Is even important to have this bias because for the drugs, for example, that needs to be applied for a person and for another, the drugs might be slightly different or even for a man or for a woman. So in this case, for example, having this bias could be even beneficial. But for example, if we are talking about justice, maybe it's not the case. So of course, that's the challenge that we are having now. But anyway, I guess that this is going to bring a lot of really positive things I mean it's going to happen even if we if we don't want to so the best thing that we could do is try to manage this and to handle it yeah so do you have do you have something to add in this part, in that part? I,
1: I agree um we are going to be biased all the time but the negative bias issue is when policies or how we use these technologies as, as tools are going to have a negative impact on minorities because they are minorities, POC people, people of color, for example, or LGBT community because of the structural discrimination we live in, right? So this kind of bias are are bad, right? Or we see the gender violation things, right? With the patriarchy and all these things. So policies and technologies should be a little bit biased to balance the unfair situations that we live in, in because of the world, how it's done, uh, but then if it is going to benefit a huge amount of people in a way that is not fair, then we have to rethink policies, right? How to do this? And I, I finish with this question. Sometimes regulation always moves slower than technology. And this is important to take into account to our politicians, right? We are seeing this on the European Commission, for example, on on the European Parliament, that they are trying to regulate Twitter and and all these things because of how fast technology is improving and how fast technology is impacting in our lives. So that's why politicians have to do it better and faster because technology is going to be more faster (laughs) than, than us as humans.
0: Yeah, I agree. And something really crazy is that usually, for example, here in Spain, to pass a law, like in the regular system, it could take a year maybe from the beginning of the creation of the law and then like the publication and implement it directly. And it's really a long period that we are talking about AI and technology. And one year, it's really a lot of time. So imagine, for example, now we have ChatGPT, for example, And it appeared on December. And now we are talking about GPT-4, which is going to be like the next step for that. And it might appear on spring, maybe. So who wonders what's going to be next year at this time? So there's like a lot of time. And yeah, maybe we need also to change this process because uh, when we're talking about technology, we cannot wait so long. And it's, yeah, what do you think about that? Do you think it's necessary maybe to, to create another system for technology?
1: Maybe the regulation is great. I mean, it is easy to blame IA technology when things are going wrong or when we lost elections, for example, right? Then the same algorithm tools are going to do good things, right? So if the public sector is approaching uh, the technologies, the big techs, right? Trying to balance the lobby that they're going to do, right? And how they're going to impact. Other countries, for example, such as whole continents, such as Africa, um, we have to make sure that we are doing the best in the best way that we are that we can, right? But yeah, we have to be more balanced with the technology sector because there are only few <laughs> companies running everything on, on the technology field. So the public sector is not engaging with that. We are going to keep moving slower than the technology. So yeah.
0: Okay, so we are finishing. You have seen that time pass really quickly in this podcast. But just to finish, you know that I usually ask people how do they like coffee? So that's the same question for you. How do you like coffee, Isabel?
1: I'm a basic coffee lover, so I do like cappuccino. (laughs) A basic cappuccino, I love that. So that's my way of coffee.
0: Do You usually take, for example, a piece of, I don't know, cake or something with it or just cappuccino?
1: Cappuccino, maybe with uh, biscuits, or if not, then other things, but uh, mostly biscuits.
0: Okay, great to know. And then to end, how can audience contact you?
1: So I am on social media, on Twitter. Uh, You do a lot of uh, political communication analysis on Twitter, and then also on LinkedIn. You can follow me on that.
0: Great. I will put everything as part of the notes of the episode. And just also, maybe Isabel didn't want to say, but Isabel is now open to work at this time. We are at the end of January 2023. So if you are listening to this and you are looking for a really passionate person doing, for example, for doing a campaign, you can contact her and she will be more than happy to answer you.
1: More than welcome, because I am willing to run campaigns.
0: But actually, in Spain, you are going to have a lot of campaigns this year, right? Maybe. Yes,
1: yeah. um, I'm looking for that. So maybe I can run certain campaigns here in Spain. So let's see what happens. Because we are in four months for the autonomic regional election. So let's see what happens.
0: So if you are listening to this, go quickly and ask her if she has already time for you to do something. So thank you very much, Isabel. It was a pleasure having you here.
1: Thank you. It was also a pleasure to talk with you about IAN and elections.
0: Thanks for being here one more week. If you liked it, please subscribe to the podcast at to the newsletter in AlejandroPerezPerez.com Please share both with your friends and relatives and don't forget to give me five stars in Apple Podcast and Spotify. See you next week. Bye bye.